What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Tuesday, June 9th, 2015, as always. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts, where there are a whole lot of Dot Day t-shirts left that you can have, even if you did not come to Dot Day on Sunday, which I did not, as I explained why on yesterday's podcast. Give them a call. Come pick one up. 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Beantown Athletics also specializes in custom uniforms and business apparel. As the only in-house union screen printer in Boston, follow them on Twitter at Beantown underscore dot and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Beantown Athletics. And make sure you tell them that I sent you. Phone number again, 617-282-4181. I was joined this morning by A. Sherrod Blakely, Comcast Sportsnet New England. He covers the Boston Celtics. He covers the NBA. Uh, Sherrod joined me over the phone this morning. We talked about the NBA Finals. We talked about some offseason stuff with regards to some of the latest stories with Kevin Love. Uh, possibly opting out and what the chances are he lands in Boston, but also another NBA player um, who will be a free agent who was seen in Boston this week. Uh, I talked to him about that. I'll play that conversation for you in just a few minutes. I'll open it up, though, with this. How'd your day begin? I had a bug in my iced coffee Uh, because I've opened the show up with iced coffee rants before, and I won't even see. Look, I won't tell you where I went today. I won't. I won't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to tell you where I went. But I ordered my iced coffee. And see, I get my iced coffee and I have to go always take a napkin and wipe off the, you know, the top of it. Because sometimes the people that are working don't want to, you know, they want coffee dripping all over your hands as you're drinking it. Uh, And that's where you get coffee stains all over yourself because then you're wiping it on your shirt. You know, you get a white t-shirt on, um, you know, all of a sudden you get coffee stains. So you don't want that. So I take the napkin, I wipe the coffee off the top, and uh, I see something. I see something inside. Just kind of, it's kind of floating around inside the cover. Now I'm hoping it's a chocolate chip. I'm hoping it's a raisin. I'm hoping it's something that is, uh, and I won't even say small. It was pretty large. Turns out, the more I look at it, well, my worst fears, uh became a reality it was a fly it was a fly so i'm i'm standing there and i i go hey um yeah i don't know what's up with this coffee now i'm trying not to let the people in line next to me realize what's going on because you know then they're going to be running for the fucking hills yeah i don't want to ruin the business for the people but so the lady finally, she takes care of someone else. She's like, you know, she's frustrated with me. She doesn't, you know, she deals with people who, you know, you know, the I'm not one of these people that say, oh, my coffee's not dark enough or it's not light enough. I already, I already gave you what, you know, I found out that two cream, two sugars is, is good. But when you say regular at certain places that they put three cream, three sugars, I think that, but I also think that it's different everywhere. When you say regular, iced coffee, regular, a hot coffee, regular, everybody has a different regular with regards to the cream and sugar effect. Anyways, I'm not one of those guys that will bring it back, even if it looks, like, too dark or too light. I, I just drink. I take it. I get out of there. I drink it. You know, you wake up in the morning. So I do an iced coffee every morning, and, um, yeah, I get this, this. There's a fly on top of my coffee, and the lady's, like, annoyed with me. But in fairness to her, I have yet to tell her that there's a fly in my coffee. I have not done that yet. So as finally the lady behind me... 
um, orders, and uh, she goes, all right, well, how do you want it? I go, well, I want it without the fly in the top of the coffee. Now, <laughs> now I'm, I'm upset at this point, the way she asked me the question. And people in line heard that, right? And, uh, well, I was right. They did start running for the hills. The line emptied. People left. I kind of felt bad, but I kind of didn't. So then they're like, oh, we'll get you your money back. We'll get you your money back. Okay. All right. Give me my money back. The lady comes over, manager to the side, pulls me over. Like, she's like, I'm so sorry. She gives me my money back. I'm like, that's fine. I'm like, but I, I mean, I still want a coffee. Like, you're not giving me a coffee. Like, I think they were assuming that that's how bad it was. That's how bad they knew it was. That you were just going to leave. <laughs> they were assuming <laughs> that I was fucking gone. Gonzo once I got my 275 back. I got my 275 back. But I wasn't gone until I wanted a nice coffee. So I got it. It's still sitting next to me. I've already, we've done show prep. We've done, I've done a conversation with Sherrod Blakely. And uh, I haven't, yeah, I took one sip and I'm thinking to myself, well, where did the bug come from? Where did the fly come from? See, it's one thing if like they put the coffee in, in the cup, right? And they put the cup down on the counter and... The f- uh, there's a fly, you know, a, a rogue fly just, just smashes into the iced coffee and they don't see it and she puts the cover on it, right? That's, that's, that's one thing. I can deal with that because I can get another coffee. So the, this is the shit that I'm thinking about as I'm sitting there about to drink this today when I bring it back to Beantown Athletics. Um, I take a sip. I start thinking, well, maybe that's not what happened. Maybe this is worst case scenario what happened. Maybe there's a, <laughs> there's a tub of coffee, right? They have the tub of it that's just infested with flies. And let's say it's not infested. Let's say there's one fly in there. Let's say I got the fly out of there. It looks like it's been sitting in there for a while. And if a fly's been sitting in there for a while, we got, we got fly guts, we got fly germs, we got pieces of the fly. <laughs> Mix it around in that coffee. I can't drink it. Long story short, I can't drink this coffee that's sitting next to me. I need a new one. So let's get through this. Get through this together. And um, I'll go get a nice coffee and really begin my day. And maybe we'll do another podcast. No, we've already done that before. We won't do two podcasts in one day. Um, this is the only one. We've so, done everything here, man. Yeah, we've done a lot of yeah. stuff. We've Two done a lot of couple stuff. phone calls, a yeah. couple times. Uh, we've we've we worked out the kinks. We've had the kinks worked out, so we we don't have to do two podcasts in one day. So by the time I do get another ice coffee, see, it's tough because it's sitting there looking me in the face, and it looks good, but I know that it probably is. Pro- you know what? It's probably gonna taste good, but there's that thing in my mind where like that's the West Nile virus fly, right? Like they would have had a. Can, you know, make I, a whole new container of coffee in order to I, make it right. Did they? I, that's they the, needed to sterilize well, the whole a, area. Actually, now that you say that, and I'm just thinking of it now, you want to know what the girl said when she gives me the coffee? And this is the girl that made my original coffee. She gives me the second one, too. You know, you want to know what she said? She goes, sorry, I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that in the first one. <laughs> so does that mean, wait a minute. Does that, makes that, it, that makes it right. Does that mean that? Because you didn't see it in the second one, you can still take it from that tub of coffee. See, that's where I think my mindset is not the same as theirs. You didn't see her pour the first one they're, or the second one. No, they're thinking to themselves, the fly's out. It's gone. If there's no, we'll just pour them another cup. If there's no fly in this coffee, then it's a good coffee. Well, no, that's not right. Because if there's flies swimming around in there, I don't want to be drinking this cup of coffee. I don't. So that's where, I, that's where my day stands. But I'll tell you this. 
If my day, if that's the worst thing that happens to me today, there's a fly in my coffee, it's a great fucking day. Honestly, I, no, I'm being dead serious. That's a great day. If that's the worst thing that can happen to me, a fly in my coffee. Now, I hope it doesn't happen every day, but let's just say that I'm no longer going back to that place ever again. So, all right. We'll play my conversation with Sherrod Blakely um, in just a few minutes. But uh, NBA Finals, they resume tonight. Uh, last night, Stanley Cup Final. Stanley Cup Final. The Lightning win Game 3. They take a 2-1 to series lead. They go into Chicago. I know I told you this wasn't going to happen. The Lightning win it 3-2. to Lightning lead the series two games to one. Game 4 will be tomorrow night, Wednesday night, right back in there in Chicago. Hey, you know what? The Blackhawks, first period, missed two wide-open nets. Two wide-open nets. You don't get better opportunities. You don't. You do not get better opportunities than, than Hosa did. And I don't even know who the other guy was. But Hosa had, he got tripped up. He was falling down. And, you know, I, that can't happen. you got to bury those opportunities. Now, Bishop looked hurt. And they kept going back to this, the lightning goalie. Left leg, I'm thinking that's a left groin, left hip situation. He can, ju- he can go down his knees, but he has a tough time extending the left leg. Like, extending it all the way. And, Pete, you're a goalie, so you would know. I don't think it's a knee because I don't think he'd be able to hop up and down on his knees back to his feet as quick as he does. I think if he's having a tough time extending the left leg, that seems to be a groin. Yeah, it's or, always, it's or always a, hip, a groin. Or yeah. might be a hip. Yeah, it could be right? the old hip, hip flexor. Hip yeah. flexor, right? I think that's what Bishop's dealing with. And, uh, look, let's give him credit. He's obviously playing injured. I think there were people who was trying to say in game two that he was shitting himself, and that's why he kept having to leave the ice and come back. I, but, you know, I, I don't think that's the case. If he's got a hurt groin, it's amazing that he, he made it through the game, though. But you know what? He made some big saves, too. And uh, at the but same, that thing ain't going to last. But at the same time, he was leaving a couple. He left a couple wide-open nets. Hosa and somebody else, I don't even know who it was, just missed wide-open nets for Chicago. So they could, the Chicago last night, they could have had four goals. They didn't. They lose 2-1. Uh, I think – I told you Chicago would win game three, so I apologize. I got that wrong. Here's the deal. They absolutely win game four. This is evened up, going back to Tampa Bay for game five. I mean, this is lock, right? Chicago in the over. Chicago in the over in game four is the, the biggest lock that we've ever seen in Stanley Cup final history, maybe. Chicago and the over game four. That's tomorrow night. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. Uh, tonight, game three of the NBA Finals series tied at one. It's amazing to me to hear people talk about this series and people try to tell me. There are people that are just, they can't, they can't help themselves. They have to knock LeBron. They have to knock him. They have to knock him. Like, I'm listening. What was I listening to yesterday? Felger and Maz here in Boston. They're like, oh, he can't finish. He couldn't finish two games in a row. Guy had 44 points in game one. He had a triple-double in game two. A 39-point triple-double. The team, His team sucks. They're in the NBA Finals. Tied at one. For all the people. And they say, well, Steph Curry lost that game. Again, credit to Delhi. Della Vidova was all over him. Like like flies in my coffee today. That's it. Deli, Deli was all over him. Can you get in someone's head? I was listening to uh, Doug Gottlieb yesterday, too, who had a much more realistic approach 
than really anybody else that I've heard. Now, I've tried to have the realistic approach, too, to the point where I'm, I'm telling you that, okay, I acknowledge LeBron James and did not finish. The fadeaway jumper in game one at the end of regulation missed. Didn't show up in OT. Uh, fadeaway, excuse me, he didn't do the fadeaway in game two. He ended up driving to the basket. Now, there was enough body contact to call a foul. I'm actually glad they didn't because I'd like to let them play. But, you know, if you want to keep NBA standards going, then LeBron probably should have been to the line. And he did what I told him he should do, which is drive to the basket, because, look, you probably get some contact and you probably get to the line. No, he didn't. Uh, do I think he's got to finish? Yeah, but at the same time, you know, he kind of got molested on that play. And then <laughs> there was another play in overtime where I've never seen a guy get fouled worse than LeBron got fouled, I believe, by either Iguodala or Draymond Green. And... They didn't call it. It was as bad as I've seen. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying I, I'm complaining. I actually like to see these guys, like to, to see them, see the officials let them play. But the one thing I'm not going to tell you, the one thing I'm not going to do is sit here and knock LeBron. You know, the people that do that, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's so lazy, annoying. It's almost, it's almost arrogant. It's almost as arrogant as... LeBron James is, right? Because LeBron James today, he's saying, you know, he leaks his, he t- doesn't leak this story. He tells a reporter that uh, he's got a secret motivation, you know? LeBron James, secrets. What is LeBron James' motivation? He says he hopes he can tell us when this is all said and done. Now, maybe he doesn't tell us if they lose. He probably, not probably, he definitely will tell us if they win. But he's got this secret motivation. Is he arrogant? Does he have an ego? Of course. He's the best in the world. Do you expect him to not have an ego? But the people that knock LeBron James for taking a team to the NBA Finals that, you know, probably shouldn't be in the NBA Finals. Um, and <laughs> a guy... That's gone down to five straight NBA Finals. All right, the guy the the guy books his hotel. Uh, he's already booked his hotel for next year's finals. The guy is literally living his life in the NBA Finals, and we feel we find a way. People find a way to knock this guy. They find a way to knock him. I I don't understand it. He can't. He's not a finisher. You fucking idiots. He's fucking triple-double. 39-point triple-double. You see some of the passes he made in crunch time? Oh, you won't acknowledge that because passing's not important, right? The best player in the world shouldn't be a good, great passer? Okay. All right. Anyways, when we get back to reality and, and realize that all the people who knock LeBron and are now saying the Cavs can't win, the series is tied at one, and it's going to Cleveland. And not only, so which tells you that not only did they win a game in the NBA Finals, did Cleveland, without Irving, without Love, they did, they went to Golden State. They went into their gym. And people say, well, Steph Curry lost this one. Warriors lost it. Ugh. Steph Curry had a terrible game. Had a terrible game. I think he had a bad game, and I think Delhi made it worse. I think Della Vidova made it worse. And again, going back to, I'm listening to someone who was one of the more realistic people on this topic, which was Doug Gottlieb, CBS Radio, National Radio, and, you know, former former player himself, you know, former college player, right? Uh, Doug Gottlieb 
this is a guy that I, I, I respect his NBA thoughts, his basketball opinions at, at any level of the game. And, you know, I agree with him. You can get in someone's head as a defender. We've seen it. Why couldn't a kid like Della Vidova get in Steph Curry's head? Was he in his head a little bit in game two? I think so. I think so. Um, and people say, well, it can't happen moving forward. Look, do I think Steph Curry's going to have a couple more games, a couple games in the series where he can't be stopped and the shots, the crazy shots that he throws up go in? Of course I do. He's that good. But I also think that you can get a couple games as well that you can you can minim you can minimize what he does offensively to the point where maybe you get in his head and you turn a bad Steph Curry game once again into a brutal Steph Curry game. I do think that's possible. I'm not ruling that out. Absolutely not ruling that out. So tonight is game three. It's in Cleveland. You got a whole lot of people who are not gonna put their money on the Cavaliers. But I got news for you. One and a half points? Eh. Eh, one and a half points. What am I going to do with that? Cavaliers are one and a half point dogs. Pete, what would you do with this? What would you do with this game tonight? One and a half. Cavaliers underdog at home after just going into Golden State and winning. It's one and a half. I think if this was three, four, maybe five, I think I'd be all over Cleveland. Yeah, you love the points. You always <sighs> take the points. Well, I Let's do it with LeBron. Yes. If LeBron's getting points, most of the time my strategy is I'm going to take it. Uh, I, I think I go Cleveland tonight. I think I go Cleveland. I think they ride some type of momentum, and I think that's where maybe Golden State. I think. See, I told you going into the series, they split in Golden State and they split in Cleveland. I think that's going to happen, and I think you go back to Golden State for Game Five, and that'll be the most important game because not only for what it could do for you know just a team being up three two and being one game closer to the NBA Finals, but I think that if Cleveland can win that game five, that'll be the most important game for them because that'll tell them that, hey, if they do got to go back for a game seven, they at least know that they've already won now a couple times in Golden State. Like, that's not an obstacle that that they uh, that is impossible uh, for them to get through. So I, I think that'll be huge. But I'm going to go with Cleveland tonight. That's my pick. Cleveland plus one and a half. You know, but I'm, my guess is here that it's so low that I might think of just taking – you know, don't even go with the points. You know, you go with the points to be if you want to play it safe. I think Cleveland wins the game tonight, though. I do. You want to know what I think? I think Cleveland wins the game tonight. I think Cleveland wins. And 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 I say that, you know, people say, well, things that happen to Golden State in game two, obviously some of those things are going to get better as this series goes on. Well, I think you can look at Cleveland and say that, too. Tristan Thompson, I know he's not a great offensive player, but he grabs rebounds. And you got to think that at some point, some of these little layups for him could go in. I also got to think that J.R. Smith has a big game or two from behind the three-point line in him. I do. I think he's got a big game in him. And uh, I, what I do think that if you're the Cavs, a strategy I'd like to see them take is to keep Mozgov in the game. Give him more than 29 minutes. They didn't play him in the fourth quarter game, too. I'd like to see more of him. I'd like to see more out of Mozgov in this game because, look, I mean— this guy grabbed 11 rebounds. He scored you 17 points, and you, you know, he basically played three quarters of basketball. I don't care what Golden State's doing, right? You get to a point where I think if you're Cleveland, you got to make Golden State maybe try to adjust to you, 
And if they can't stop Mozgov in the glass, I think if you're Cleveland, you can't get away from that. You've got to embrace that. You've got to embrace the advantage you have on the glass. And maybe they will. But if they can do that, and they do, and then you can get more than two points in 39 minutes from Tristan Thompson, a guy who grabbed seven offensive rebounds to go along with seven defensive rebounds and 14 total rebounds, you know, you, you got a shot here if you're Cleveland. I think people who are saying this thing is over because they don't have Kyrie Irving, I get that you're I get that you're taking away another all-star player from this team, but let's face it, LeBron has already shown in these playoffs that he's been able to win without Irving. And, you know, if you got questions with that and you're trying to come up with an excuse as to why they did win and you're putting it on the other team losing the game, well, I I think you sound awfully arrogant. I do. I think you sound like an arrogant 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 person and You know, it's just, reality is this. Whether you believe LeBron James is a a good finisher or not, this guy had a 39-point triple-double in Game 2, okay? He's taken a Cavaliers team through the playoffs that did not have Kevin Love, that had Kyrie Irving, who was playing injured, and actually missed some games in the playoffs this year. And the people who say, well, it's because he's in the Eastern Conference, you know, um, when, when you show me the Western Conference and you could go through and say, all right, Cleveland and their 53 wins, who would they play in the West in the first round? They would have been the four seed playing the Grizzlies. You mean to tell me that Cleveland wouldn't have beat Memphis in the first round of the playoffs? Sounds good. You mean to tell me that Cleveland, you know, then obviously you're talking about Golden State in the second round. And, hey, you know, if, if Kyrie Irving had been healthy in the second round and you're playing Golden State in the second round, what are you, what are you telling me is happening? See, I don't think that if you, if you put Cleveland in the West, you can't convince me that they wouldn't be in the NBA Finals. So I don't like that argument, East-West. Is the East a worse conference? Yes. With regards to the fact that you look at the bottom there, you look at the teams that almost got in. Miami, Indiana, and then the teams that just barely got in, Brooklyn, Celtics, Milwaukee. You know, are those teams worse than the bottom teams in the West? You know, Oklahoma City didn't get in. You know, New Orleans got in. Dallas, San Antonio. Are those Western teams better than the the bottom half of the East? Of course they are. Of course they are. But that doesn't mean that I think those teams could beat Cleveland in the playoff series. But people automatically assume that. And, and, you know, that's where I think you get into, well, now you're just purposely hating on LeBron James because you would like to see him lose those series. So you think that there's absolutely no chance. Uh, you know, I've, I've found myself. I have found myself. And maybe you've heard this in my tone or have, you know, realized this in my words throughout these, this NBA season, throughout these playoffs. Throughout LeBron's career here, as long as the the Cavaliers or any LeBron team, the Heat previously, as long as a LeBron team is not playing the Celtics, I find myself ruining for LeBron James. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that I turn on these shows and I listen to these analysts and I, I have to watch these people who are supposed to know what they're talking about, uh, analysts, 
uh, experts have watched all the greats before, and they're trying to, they're going out of their way to come up with ways that LeBron James is going to not win. <laughs> all the time. It's, it's every minute of every day. And, and I guess I can't figure out why. It's because, is it because you don't like him? Right? Is it because, you know, he, he, he does look and sound like a fool sometimes with things on social media or interviews um, or the whole, uh, the, you know, where he says, I'm taking my talents to South Beach with Jim Gray, you know, the decision, right? Do you not like him because of that? People say, well, he had to go join forces with uh, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade to win a championship, to win a couple championships. The way I look at it is I say, that's the NBA. That is the association. That's the basketball world that we live in. And in fact, we live in a world where before LeBron James did that, we would praise people for wanting to take less money to go be a part of a winning team and win championships rather than be the lone, the lone dog on a small market club that's getting a monster deal that won't allow the team to spend money elsewhere because they're spending it all on you. I mean, it, 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 it's, just, it's mind-boggling to me the amount of people that hate LeBron James, that hate LeBron James for the reasons that they hate him. Um, and now the hatred continues. And it continues because, because his teammates get hurt, and he still wins. The series is tied at one. This thing is not over. Not for Golden State, not for Cleveland. I'm telling you right now, I still believe in my heart of hearts. And this isn't just because I'm rooting for LeBron now. Because I am. But it isn't just because I'm rooting for him. I think Cleveland wins the championship. I do. I think they win it. I think they win the game tonight. And as much as people say Golden State is going to do some things to improve here moving forward, I also think that the, the roster that Cleveland has, while it's not better, I think there's some things that some of these guys can do better than they did in a win in game two, which will help a guy like LeBron. Um, I think the Cavs win it. Now, I think A. Sherrod Blakely feels differently. But the, the Sherrod still had a realistic approach to the fact that, okay, here's what LeBron James still is. LeBron James is still one of the greats. You know, you get these people that, are not, that just knock LeBron. I'm not going to do that. It's foolish. It's stupid. I get that, you know, people in Boston don't like him. But guess what? Celtics aren't playing. When the Celtics play LeBron, I'll be the first person sitting here rooting against LeBron James. And I'll be rooting harder than anybody else. But the Celtics aren't playing. They're not doing that. Uh, and a couple stories that are out that I just will touch upon before I send you to this conversation with A. Sherrod Blakely. Kevin Love, uh, the Boston Herald reports that Kevin Love to the Celtics this summer is a long shot, even if he does opt out. Uh, here is, this is from Steve Bulpet of the Boston Herald. It says, According to all sources, Danny Ainge still has affection for love, but it's not nearly the borderline obsession that was in play last summer. The idea last year was to try to pair Love and Rondo, giving the Celtics a solid two-all-star base, which to build and presenting Rondo with a reason to stay when he reached free agency this summer. 
So, as we noted even before the Timberwolves got their deal, no love meant no Rondo. And from all indications, love is not seen as a foundational player upon whom to build. Further, sources say his knee issues are bound to have an impact on his basketball longevity and effectiveness. So that's from the Boston Herald. It looks like no love to the Celtics. And I told you, based on love's personality alone, I don't, I don't want him. I don't want him in this town. I don't, I don't think he'd be able to handle it. I just too sensitive for me. I don't know why he wouldn't want to stay in Cleveland. I really don't. I don't know why he wouldn't want to stay in Cleveland. But if he doesn't want to, it shows me he's kind of a sensitive dude. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a problem. That would be a problem in this town, would it not? So it seems like no Kevin Love, and nobody's happier, happier with that news than I am. Um, but there's also some other basketball news here with the Celtics. LaMarcus Aldridge, is he in Boston? Is, is LaMarcus Aldridge in Boston right now? Well, according to a report from Red Zombie, he is. Uh, he was at Logan Airport. LaMarcus Aldridge at Logan Airport. Now, they have a picture of this, uh, redzami.com. And here's the first, here's what they say. They say, I can, one, I can confirm that it's LaMarcus Aldridge, which you can by the picture. That's him. And two, he confirms that it is Logan Airport. Now, um, to be honest, um, I guess if he's going to confirm it, I guess we've got to trust it. I, I, he must, so he must know the person who was there taking that picture. That's the only thing, because I can't just look at that picture and say, yep, that's Logan Airport. So he must know someone who was at Logan who took the picture saying that he, that's how he can confirm that this is actually Logan Airport. Um, so LaMarcus Aldridge in Boston, free agent. I like him. I like LaMarcus Aldridge. I'd love to see him in green. And, uh, I, but look, as we saw last year, what one thing I won't do is see a picture of a guy in Boston and think to myself, that means he's coming to the Celtics because I actually, I wished and I begged and I pleaded that the Kevin Love picture at Fenway last year meant that Kevin Love was going to come to the Celtics. And that was not the case. Uh, him shaking hands with Rondo was nothing more than him shaking hands with Rondo and Kevin Love ends up in Cleveland and even though I wanted Kevin Love last year in a Celtics uniform, I told you many times on the show the things that played out this year in Cleveland, not on-court ability, but off-the-court things that were coming out of Kevin Love's mouth. That is the biggest reason why, you know, Kevin Love's personality. I don't like it. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't want him in a Celtics uniform. And at least, judging from the reports coming out of the Boston Herald today, it seems like that will be a long shot, which is great news for someone like myself who does not want to see Kevin Love come to the Celtics. Kevin Love is with the Cavaliers still. He will not be in uniform um, tonight because obviously we know he has been out since the first-round series with the Boston Celtics. And, um, yeah, so finals tonight, game three, I'm going to go with the Cavaliers. No Kyrie Irving. No Kevin Love, LeBron James, you got Delhi on Steph Curry. I'm, that's the matchup we'll all be interested in, right? That's the matchup we'll all be interested in. And if I had advice for Cleveland, I would say make sure, make sure what you do is you give Moskov a little bit, little bit more time in the fourth quarter, regardless of what look Golden State is giving you. Uh, I'll clo- we'll send it to Asherod Blakely. And then I'll close it up with some thoughts on the Red Sox, who had last night off. 
they return uh, today. So stick around, and I'll shut things down after this. All right, joining me now over the phone is A. Sherrod Blakely. He covers the Boston Celtics and the NBA for Comcast Sportsnet New England. Uh, You can read more from Sherrod at csnne.com. As I mentioned, he joins me right now over the phone. Sherrod, uh, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing good. NBA Finals tied at one. uh, Game three tonight in Cleveland. Let me ask you this. Going into this series... And, and I'm going to ask you to, to give me what you thought of this series with Kyrie Irving, with the idea that you thought Kyrie Irving was going to play. How did you envision the NBA Finals playing out when Irving was healthy? You know, when he was healthy, I thought that, you know, Golden State would still win this thing in six. I, I like the fact that Golden State has what I consider better balance, and that is high-impact players at both the offensive end of the floor and defensively, whereas Cleveland, you know, with, with Kyrie Irving and, and LeBron, two of the best, you know, one-two punch in terms of scoring. Defensively, though, I thought that, you know, Cleveland was going to have some issues. Without Kyrie Irving, I, I think Cleveland, you know, they're, they're just doing what they got to do to find ways to win. Uh, as much as we want to talk about the great job that Cleveland did in winning game two, mm-hmm. you, you got to be mindful of the fact that for Steph Curry, it was probably the worst game he has played in the NBA. So the fact that you went to overtime with their best player having the worst game he's ever had, I'm not sure I'd be feeling all that confident if I'm Cleveland because you know, you know Steph Curry is going to have a much better performance in game three. Uh, well, let me ask you about Steph Curry's performance because he was bad. You're right. But how much of that also had to do with what Delavadova was doing on him, covering him with, with some pretty good D. I thought it was some pretty good DC. Sherrod, I think it's a combination. I think it was Steph Curry had a bad night, but also you got to credit Delavadova for the defensive performance that he put on, being in Steph Curry's face and being all over him for the entire game. Are you are you want to give Delhi any credit for that, or are you just going? Well, definitely, definitely give him credit. I mean, he did a really good job. He he, he did the job that they assigned him to do, and, and that's great. Uh, but I don't believe he can can limit Steph Curry over the course of a playoff series like that. If we're talking about a 6-7 game stretch, I think Delhi can have one or two games like that, but I, I don't think he can, can really limit Steph Curry the way he did in game two over the course of a playoff series. The one thing that, you know, I think Golden State is going to do a much better job with, they're going to find ways – to get Steph Curry going to the basketball. I thought that was something that he really didn't look to do. And even in his post-game comments, he talked about how, you know, he, he was a little bit more hesitant than he normally is. And as a great shooter, he knows when a shot has been going in as soon as it leaves his fingertips. And he talked about how basically not really feeling good about most of the shots he took. So I, I think we're going to see a very different Steph Curry in Game 3 and uh, much better. Uh, but again, I, from the very beginning, I thought this series would go six games, and then I haven't seen anything that makes me feel otherwise. Uh, so you're so you're counting out LeBron in this one. You, you've counted. You already counted him out. The best player in the world. It's over. Absolutely, to you, right? absolutely. I, I from before the series started, and the reason why is because as great as LeBron is, and, and without question, I, I think he is. He is really punctuated the fact that he's the best player on the planet in this series. I don't believe he can carry this team by himself. And I don't believe that he can get enough contributions for this team to win three more games in this series. I can give them one, possibly two more wins, but I don't think they're going to 
get more than that because I just think Golden State, again, they're too talented, they're too deep, and they have too many impact players at both ends of the floor. See, I think, and I can agree with you on the Steph Curry thing where I think he's going to have a couple games here where it doesn't matter who's covering him, he's going to be lights out, and you're going to have to give those games to Golden State. Uh, But I also look at Cleveland, and I look at the last game, and I say to myself, well, okay, You've had two straight games now in regulation where LeBron James has had a chance to close it out, and he has not been able to do that in regulation. If you keep giving him that opportunity, you know, I'm going to put my money on LeBron closing a couple of those games out, one. And two, I feel like Cleveland, you know, they're dominating the boards, they're dominating the paint. And if you could get any finish out of Tristan Thompson, I think that would be the biggest thing for Cleveland because we know Tristan Thompson is going to be ferocious on the boards. He's going to grab rebounds. He gives this team second chances offensively, but he just can't finish around the rim. That, to me, is sort of an X factor. If Tristan Thompson can finish around the rim, I think that maybe Cleveland has a better chance than a lot of people are uh, are going to say they have. I'll give you Tristan Thompson, and I'll raise you with J.R. Smith, who was an absolute nut job in these really high-pressure situations. I mean, he almost won that game for Golden State with some of the boneheaded plays he made. The deeper they get into this series, the scarier J.R. Smith becomes to me if I'm the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because for whatever reason, this guy just he has those mental meltdowns when the game matters most. And, you know, again, he's a great shooter but I don't trust his basketball IQ as you get deeper into this series. Tristan Thompson, I, I agree with you. I think he really, you know, we saw in the Boston Celtics series. I mean, I, I thought other than LeBron James, Tristan Thompson was the next best player in that series, and he really is a difference maker. But J.R. Smith and his just poor decision-making, I mean, the fouls that he committed on, you know, on Clay Thompson, uh, some of the shots that he took, those have become kind of almost – the, you know, the expectation of J.R. Smith in these type of high-pressure situations, I think he's going to hurt more than help Cleveland as we get deep into this thing. Yeah, and you talk about fouls, absolutely. J.R. Smith had a couple awful fouls, that, uh, awful decisions that he made defensively. Uh, but if, you, if there's one thing we can't say about this series, Sherrod, it's that the officials, you know, at least in Game 2, they were not going to hand this thing to LeBron James because he was LeBron James. I mean... I think if, you know, LeBron's drive to the basket at the end of regulation, if that play happens in the second quarter, that there's enough contact there where LeBron's going to the line. And I don't hate the fact that they swallowed the whistles at that point, that they ate the whistles and didn't blow it. Um, but then you can also look in OT. There was one play where LeBron went to the basket, and I've never seen a guy get fouled across the, the arm and inside of the elbow hotter than LeBron did, and they didn't call it. And I think going into the series, a lot of people said, well, if Cleveland wins, it's going to be because the officials give them, give LeBron a couple games because of the LeBron factor and because of who he is, he gets those superstar calls. I'll say this, even though he did go to the line and and shoot 18 free throws in game two, at the end of that game, Sherrod, you cannot say that the officials were trying to give that to LeBron. Oh, ice packs for everyone who played in that game because you were black and blue when all was said and done. And, and you know, after the game, Danny, a lot of people were talking about how poorly officiated the game was. But here's the thing that, that jumped out at me when I watched it. They were consistently bad. And to me, if you're a player, you consistency over good or bad is what you want. You want because when officials are calling the game consistently, you can develop a style of play, a tempo, a feel for what you can do, a rhythm on how to defend guys and how to attack. 
guys. And, and I, I thought that was the one positive, if there is a positive, from the way that game was officiated. But you're right. I mean, there there were some incredibly blatant missed calls in, the, in that game. I mean, the LeBron going to the basket was an obvious one. There were others where, you know, um, you know, Mozgov takes like four or five steps, mm-hmm. no travel. Uh, you go down the line, you know, there's, it was a poorly officiated game, but it was consistently bad. Yeah, and look, I mean, the last thing I want to do is sit here and talk about, you know, calls in the NBA and officials because, I mean, we could go into every call, really, and question something and every game. So I don't want to, I don't want to make this whole segment about that. But you mentioned Mozgov, and it's interesting to me that the fourth quarter, we didn't really see him uh, in, in the last game. And I guess I question that strategy. And if I'm Cleveland... I might change that strategy. Even if Golden State goes small there at the end, would you change that if you're Cleveland, knowing that maybe Golden State will make their adjustments in Game Three? You know, that was the thing. Yeah, that was the thing that was a little bit surprising because Mozgov was a factor rolling to the basket. They couldn't do anything with that. And when he was rolling to the basket, if you know LeBron didn't hit him with a pass, then LeBron would attack, and he would have a much clearer lane to attack. And and it was working, but. They were so afraid of Golden State and, and their, their small ball lineup and all those shooters out there that, you know, they, they blinked. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's one of those things when you get this deep into the playoffs. If you've got something working, you stick with it until you can't, until it's, it no longer works. I mean, you, you have to ride the wave of emotion, the wave of success when you're on it. And I, I thought Cleveland got away from that a little bit. Uh, but bottom line is they got the win, and that's what they came for. Yeah, and so I mentioned Tristan Thompson. You know, you mentioned J.R. Smith. He's got to hit a couple more big shots and, and not have so many stupid fouls. Uh, but let's go to Golden State. I mean, for them to win this series now, it, it, is it as simple as Steph Curry showing up uh, to the gym and going better than 2 for 15 from behind the three-point line? I mean, is it is it as simple as that for them, you think? Uh, well, they got to do a little bit more than that. I mean, he certainly has to shoot the ball better. I thought Clay Thompson, you know, did a did a nice job. Actually, did a great job of scoring the ball. I didn't think he did as good a job as he needs to do defensively. So he needs to pick that up. And, and really, to me, at this point, they need a little bit more from Andrew Bogut on Mozgov, who has just basically outplayed him badly in this series. He needs to do a better job of limiting Mozgov's effectiveness, rolling to the basket, getting those second and third chance you know, opportunities on rebounds and things like that. And Draymond Green, a guy that we talked a lot about all season long, he has had stretches where he's looked really good, but for the most part, he really hasn't put his imprint on the game. I thought he did a lot of good things near the end of game two, and I think if you're Golden State, you want him to build off of that going forward. There's a report today that says, oh, actually, it's not even a report. LeBron James came out and said it to people. He said, there's a secret motivation that he has in this series. You got any guesses? I've been trying to sit here this morning and, and come up with something, and I just can't do it. But, you know, since you're on the scene and you cover these teams, I don't know if maybe you've heard something, so i got to at least ask. Do you have well, any look, guesses what this secret look, motivation is? Well, I don't know how big a secret it is, but he, he's motivated by the fact that, you know, no one believes he can win a title without a big three. In Miami, he had he had, you know, Wade, he had... Bosch and Cleveland, for the most part, they were rolling along with, with him, Kyrie, and Kevin Love. Those two guys are down. No one believes that LeBron James can carry a team 
to win a title a la Michael Jordan back, you know, in, in the 80s with the Bulls. And I think that that certainly is, is a driving factor for him, a big motivating factor in the way he is, you know, putting up really, you know, video game-like numbers mm-hmm. in every one of these playoff games of late. So, this, I mean, look, if people, even though people think this series is over, and a lot of people do, uh, because, the, you know, LeBron doesn't have Kyrie Irving by his side, and Kevin Love is out, and he's been out since that first round uh, against the Celtics, even if people count out Cleveland, Sherrod, let, let's say that LeBron does take the team on his back, and he does do this miraculous uh, win, and, and wins the championship without those guys. I mean, you know, you're right, there is motivation, because... You don't have a better win than that, than that, if you're no. LeBron James. I mean, that will, because we talk about his legacy now, and people compare, oh, who would you take, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? And the way I look at it is, this guy's gone to the NBA Finals five years in a row. I mean, you know, he, he's, he's lived in the NBA Finals, for crying out loud, and I don't think it's because his teams take him. I think it's because he takes his teams. And people say, well, he didn't finish the first two games. He, you know, he's not a finisher. I say, well, come on. I mean, he had a triple-double. He made some phenomenal passes to go along with it. And the fact that he got some fouls that they didn't call late in that game. But I look at LeBron James, and, and I know people in Boston specifically hate him. But I, re- I respect the fact that he's one of the greats, and I think the greatest of all time. Now, do well, I do I it, think he has do I think he has to win that championship maybe without some of those guys? Yeah, I, you know what? I think he will. It may, does it happen this year? I don't know, but I think it happens soon. And, and people say five straight NBA Finals. I think it's going to be six. I think it's going to be seven. I think it could be eight straight NBA Finals, and that's good enough to tell me that he's the best of all time. If this season ends and he's holding the Larry O'Brien Trophy, LeBron James will be on the Mount Rushmore of all-time greats play the game. And really, you could make a case at that point that he may be the best of all time. Because when you look at this team and you look at the team they're facing, there's no way that Cleveland should win this series based on the fact of who they're playing and who they're playing without. If LeBron James can put these guys on his back and get them, you know, a championship in a place that has just been absolutely dying for a championship for decades – uh, without question, his, his legacy is cemented. There's no, he can't do any wrong after that. He will go down as one of the greatest to ever play the game uh, without question. Uh, to me, at that point, it doesn't even become an argument about whether he is you know, one of the greats. It becomes a question of, is he the greatest of all time? Because at that point, he has earned the right to be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and one of the guys I mentioned he's not playing with right now is – Kevin Love, and and so I'll ask you because there was a report yesterday uh, that you know perhaps the the Celtics do not want Love as, as if he does become available. Perhaps they don't want him as much as they might have wanted him last off season. Are you hearing anything on the Kevin Love situation? Because I do. I think he's actually gonna opt out. I know he can say what he wants. I think he's gonna opt out. I think he's gonna go the Lakers though. I, I, do, do, what do you think is gonna happen as you see and hear all this Kevin Love stuff that's going on? Well, I, I just found it kind of comical when you know when people would ask him at the finals what's he gonna do, and he says, you know, he's coming back, he's coming back. Well, of course he's gonna say that. His yeah. team's in the NBA Finals. He's now playing. The last thing Kevin Love would want to see happen is his you know all season status becoming a distraction and where the attention is focused on him, a guy who's not playing and not on the team that he's technically part of that is, you know, they're doing some really good things. 
I think he will opt out. I think he, I like you. I believe he will wind up with the Lakers. And as far as the Celtics are concerned, this is one of the, the downsides for Kevin Love in coming out east. Teams get a much better look at you when you're in a market like you know like Cleveland that's much more high profile than Minnesota, mm-hmm. and they get to break your game down more so. You, you sign Kevin Love, you've got to have a guy that can protect the rim, and you're going to need at least one other big-time score. That's what we've come to discover as we watch Kevin Love play more and more. And if you're the Celtics, to invest what you would have to do to get a guy like Kevin Love, and you've got to add those other two components as well for you to become a really elite team, it's a lot of cost that I just don't think the Celtics would want to stomach. And that's something that you learn as you watch him play more, which they've had a chance to do since he's been in the Eastern Conference. Sherrod, uh, I don't question Kevin Love's on-court ability, and and when I watched him in Cleveland, and maybe it wasn't his be- you know it wasn't his best statistical season of his career. We know that, but I don't question his on-court ability. You know what I question from this year in Cleveland is I question his personality, and and I put a lot of stock into that when you come into a city like Boston because it's different. The press is different, and look, it's, it's I mean, you could say going from Minnesota to Cleveland is different, but guess what? Going from Cleveland to Boston is, is a whole lot different. And what I didn't like from Kevin Love is I saw this. Uh, he was a little sensitive to some things that went on between him and LeBron James and the way he might have reacted in the media and commented about some things that LeBron James did on social media. I... I I didn't. I, I don't like the things that come out of Kevin Love's mouth, and I don't like his personality now to the point where I'm saying, you know what? If he goes to the Lakers, good. Ha- you can have him because I don't want him here. I don't think his personality would fit in this town. Well, I, here's the thing about Kevin Love that I, I, it just never really quite made sense to me. Uh, he never became part of LeBron's inner circle. And to me, if the best player on the planet – openly lobbies for you to join him, and you get there, and you're not part of that inner circle, there's something wrong with you and not him. Because when you look at LeBron, everywhere he's gone, he has embraced, you know, the guys who are really focused on the one thing that he's focused on, which is winning championships. I mean, you look at a guy like James Jones. We don't talk about him, but he's another guy that's played in five NBA finals. That's a guy that LeBron knows he's not going to play much, but when we need a big shot, he's probably going to come through. Kevin Love? Great player, great regular season guy. We'll get you twenty and ten. But is he is he going to be that guy when you really need him most? Mm, not sure about that. Yeah, and people put that on the Le- a lot of people put that on LeBron. And I looked at it and said, well, wait a minute. LeBron's played with so many you know players who have egos, and I don't recall anybody really having an issue. You know, I don't Kevin's have the re- first. He's the first. Yeah. So I so I look at all that stuff and I say, you know, when you're asked about who the MVP is. And yeah, I don't care what show you're on. I mean, you could be on, on this podcast. You could be on, you know, a local. It doesn't matter what you're on. You need to answer that question by either saying, your guy's the MVP on your team, or saying, you know what, our team doesn't care about regular season awards. You don't say the guy on another team. I don't care no. if you played with them in college or not. I didn't like anything that came out of Kevin Love's mouth this year, and that's why I say, uh, you know, if he goes to the Lakers, you can have him. If he stays in Cleveland, you can have him. I don't want him here. But, uh, Sherrod, before I do let you go, speaking of here, Boston, there was a rumor that maybe LaMarcus Aldridge was in Boston recently. W- w- you hearing anything on him? Because I'd love to see him in green. Yeah, I, I wrote about him earlier this year as a guy that the Celtics would on all likelihood you know, make a run at because he's one of the few elite players that's going to be a free agent that is clearly open to uh, you know, a change of scenery. Uh, as far as him being in the airport, could not get that confirmed. Uh, he, again, he is a guy that the Celtics certainly 
uh, could use. Uh, he's a four-time All-Star. He's 29 years old. He's a double-double machine. And if you're the Celtics, is he the piece that's going to put you over the top? Absolutely not. But he moves you further along in that process than you are now. And with the kind of salary cap space they have, the money they have to spend, you need to bring in guys like that to really get this, this machine going in the direction that you want to, which is to be a title contender sooner rather than later. Is that how the, is that what the Celtics' plan is going to be? I mean, what is the Celtics' plan? We, we know they got all these draft picks, and we know where they stand in this year's draft, but, I mean, free agents, trades, what do you, what do you think could possibly happen this offseason? Is this the offseason that they make a major trade? Or are we waiting? I think they have to. I think they have to. It's, with the kind of money they have, the, the salary cap space, the draft picks, they have to make a, a big move. And I think their best move is going to be by trade. I, I Look, don't discount the DeMarcus Cousins talk. I, I still think that's a guy that they could potentially make a run at this summer and make a trade for. He would be that type of player that they would, you know, really – be a difference maker. Lamarcus Aldridge, another guy that they're certainly, you know, they're going to at the very least kick the tires around to see if he's seriously interested in coming to Boston. And as far as the Mark Souls and the Jimmy Butlers, those guys, yeah, they'll, they'll reach out to them, but they're not optimistic about those guys leaving because those guys are going to be able to get more money stand put and have a team that's a little closer to a title um, in Boston. Is. And if you're, if you're in their situation, why would you leave? Yeah. No, I agree, and it, uh, that goes back to Kevin Love. If, if you're in his situation, I don't know why you'd leave there either, but uh, we have plenty of time to break all the offseason stuff down. He is A. Sherrod Blakely. Check him out at csne.com. Sherrod, thanks a lot. Great stuff as always. We'll talk to you soon, all right? Sounds good, man. All right, nice job right there by A. Sherrod Blakely. Again, check him out at csn. N-E-dot-com. Uh, real quick, on the, before I get to the Red Sox dot, there is uh, just an NBA story. I, I had mentioned this last week, and it was Allen Iverson in a book that's coming out. It says he was drunk during his practice rant. You know, just to, to be fair to the story, we, if, when Allen Iverson, when I do that part on the show, I have to do the other part. To be fair, Allen Iverson has come out now and said that he was not drunk during that practice rant. So... Uh, now it's just, who do you want to believe, right? Uh, do you think that Allen Iverson was drunk? Maybe that will be the poll today on the website, dannypicard.com. I'm kidding. It will not. Um, but it could be a Red Sox poll. The Red Sox get back to action tonight after a weekend sweep. They swept the Oakland A's. It was the Red Sox' first sweep of the season, series sweep of the season. The unfortunate thing for them was that the Yankees have won six straight, and so the Red Sox didn't gain any ground in the AL East. There's still five and a half games out, but they go to Baltimore. Baltimore, who's in last place, five and a half games behind the Yankees as well with the Red Sox. So Eddie Rodriguez is on the mound today, tonight, for the Sox. He'll go up against righty Miguel Gonzalez. Um, Miguel Gonzalez, 31 years old, owns a 2.08 ERA and six home starts this season compared to a 6.04 ERA in five road games. So obviously Miguel Gonzalez likes sleeping at his own home rather than in a hotel. And, uh, you know, it Looks like uh, he obviously enjoys pitching at Camden Yards, so this could be a tough one for this Red Sox offense tonight, given the numbers from Miguel Gonzalez at Camden. But it's also going to be a tough one for Baltimore, Baltimore's offense because Eddie Rodriguez has been great in his two starts with the Boston Red Sox. So that'll be tonight. Uh, I will react to this game and 
Game 3 of the NBA Finals on tomorrow's podcast. Again, special thanks to Asherod Blakely, Comcast Sportsnet New England. Uh, you can listen to this show five days a week, dannypicard.com. Also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, really anywhere that podcasts are made available to you, you can get the Danny Picard Show. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Like me on Facebook, all forms of social media. I promise you, tomorrow, now you might think, well, it didn't seem like you didn't have a coffee today, Danny. Um, I didn't have a coffee today, which means who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Talk to you then.